Hey everyone, it's Millie. It's Gabby. And welcome back to a not so normal change by degrees because we just finished recording an episode and realized that due to power difficulties, my computer cut off like four minutes in. Um, so we're going to be using the camera audio. It's not going to be nearly as good, but I think the discussion should make up for that. Yes. Uh, it's a good discussion. We don't want to re-record because it was really, really good. And uh, so you're just going to have to deal with some questionable audio this week. I'm screaming. So that's just a disclaimer. Um, and you're going to hear us say, hey, Millie, hey, Gabby. Um, and it's going to sound nothing like it sounds like right now. And we're going to continue to talk and go on normally as if no, it's recording great. And you know what's really funny is that we kept talking into these microphones. As if. As if they were working. <laughs> and, and recording. I was really concerned. Um, <laughs> This is what happens when we don't record in your apartment, but that's fine. Um, and at the end, the camera cut off like it usually does, and that's usually no problem. I, that wouldn't, means, expect, I wouldn't expect anything. But that means we don't have audio at the end of our conversation. So it was only about, like I want to say, like four minutes or so. Four or five minutes. Yeah. So when that cuts off, um, we're going to try to come back in this form, as you are hearing right now, to finish and make the ending points we had. Yes. Um, I love how even though this is like 80 episodes in, we still are bound to this, mess it up. I either hey, don't. This, I don't think this has ever happened before. 81 episodes in, and I don't think this has ever happened. Where we had to use where the camera we had audio. to use the camera audio. I think we've been we've done pretty good. That power surge just knocked Millie's computer into like overload into oblivion. It, so, so that's what, we didn't said, notice because we were in the middle of recording. No, and usually I have yeah. No, it's okay. Hopefully, so still enjoy this episode. Hopefully, we get our lives together fixed for next week. Yep, and we will be back when the audio for the camera cuts off and we'll finish the episode and we'll see you then yep thank you we're sorry everybody hope you enjoy it god bless you (laughs) (laughs) and my computer (laughs) hey everyone it's millie it's gabby and welcome back to another week of change by degrees and this week we have episode 81 to helen back with hades town um I didn't know we were going to be doing this episode this season because I tagged along last minute with the Sanfers. Yeah, we went to go see Hades Town at the Kennedy Center. We did. It was, it was my first awesome like musical. It was great. Amazing. Like I loved every single second of it, and it was my first secular play I've seen um, aside from college. Mad respect, but at like shout out to Mason. <laughs> shout out to Mason's <laughs> college productions, um, but like a legit play. And it was just completely new, but I was, like, totally obsessed. I really wasn't sure if I would like it or not, even though Gabby was like, no, you're going to love well, it. Because I, I knew you would like the music, but the story in and of itself and, like, the, the I don't know, the musical itself and, like, the acting and everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if you'll enjoy that, but I knew you'd enjoy this one because of the type of, the type of music it is. Yeah. It's super interesting to listen to. The whole band is on the stage as opposed mm-hmm. to a lot of musicals where the orchestra is underneath the stage. You don't see them. But right. on this one, everyone's on stage so you get to see them play and everything. So I was just like, I don't know if you're going to like the story, but at least you can, if you want, shut your eyes and just enjoy the music. <laughs> like, I don't know. But, um, but yeah. And it was um, Gabby's second time seeing Hades Sound because the first time was the last one she saw before COVID hit. And I remember yes. distinctly, like, her telling me about the stage and mm-hmm. how obsessed she was. So I remember I took a picture of it mm-hmm. and I sent it to you and I was like, the stage is really, really cool. And then, uh, shout out to Candace, where me and Candace were sitting in, um, in the theater. It was, it's at a, Hades Town's at a really small theater. Like, I think it's the Walter Kerr Theater on Broadway and it's one of the older theaters. So it was smaller than what oh, we went yeah, to. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Whereas this one at the Kennedy Center, we were in, I don't know what theater, the Opera House Theater or something. Yeah. Um, it has the floor and then 
for seating. And then it has box seats and then it has like three tiers. Whereas the Walter Kerr is so tiny, it has the floor and then one tier. Oh, that's so it. that's it. Oh, wow. so like we and it, it, even if like me and Candace were sitting toward the back on the the tier, mm-hmm. we could we still were like it felt like we were on top of the stage, and um, we had like a really great view, similar to what we had, except we were just so much closer. Right, I see. So small of a theater, but um, but yeah, we were sitting like right in front of like the soundboard and stuff or soundboards because mm-hmm. I had multiple, so that was really cool. I could like turn around. There was only like a few rows behind me and be like, oh, there's a soundboard right there and all the sound people. Um, so that was really cool, but, but yeah, so this was definitely a bigger theater, so it was kind of different in that Mm. regard, but otherwise everything else was pretty much... And the stage was a little bit different. Yeah, it was a little bit different, just because, like, when you have, like, a Broadway musical, like, in a theater for a few years, you can alter the stage however you want. Right. But they're, you know, what we saw at the Kennedy Center was the national tour. So they're touring. They're only at the Kennedy Center, I think, for like 10 days or so. Mm-hmm. And so you can only alter a theater that you're so borrowing much. for so much. Right. Yeah, so much. So, um, so yeah, some aspects of it were, there was only like maybe like one thing that I noticed that was different. And that was like the middle part of the stage instead of going like up and down like an elevator, mm-hmm. back and forth to like Hell or Hadestown or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, um, the Kennedy Center stage can't do that. So they had like a <laughs> elevator type thing on the side. Right. That's the side with like lift with up. The, with that would lift up and then go. And so, but it was still effective. And I yeah. still thought, I thought that was pretty cool the way they did that. But, um, but yeah, so those, those are the only, that was the only like difference I saw on like the stage. Gosh, um, I didn't ask this, but I'm curious, like actress, actor wise, mm-hmm. like, cause of course, after I saw the play, then I'm like, but I want to listen to this music again. Yeah. And so I listened to the original yeah. cast recordings. To the cast album is so good. And those are the people that I saw because it was still the original Broadway cast when I went right. to see it. So the people on the cast album is the people that I saw. Um, even the Mozada and Reeve Carney and Andre Shields. Although I didn't get to see Andre Shields when I went mm-hmm. as Hermes because I think it was his day off. So <laughs> they had the understudy who was equally as good. I don't remember his name. Um, but... And uh, Amber Gray played Persephone and Patrick Page. You know, I, I thought of something actually that was really interesting when I got home and I was thinking, I was like, you know, I don't remember who played uh, Hades in the Kennedy in the national tour that we saw. Right. I don't remember his name. I don't know the national tour that well, but he was very, very good. Yes. Very, very good. But it's funny because Patrick Page, who plays Hades in the original Broadway cast, after I was listening to it, I was like, you know, I think Patrick Page, you don't have to listen to it, definitely sang an octave or two lower. Really? Like, that role was like, I don't think, I was like, no one else can get can that low. No one else right. can hit those notes. Like, the role was like literally like written for him. I'm screaming. So, or at least it seems that way because I was like, no one else. And that's so funny because in my perspective, like, I'm like, he was the lowest singer oh my on stage already. You'll have to listen to Patrick so. Page because it was like when he sings Hey Little Songbird, it's uh, like an octave. I didn't lower. hear him sing it. I, in, in, of course, the efforts, which I love. Yeah. Uh, when he speaks, his voice is really low, but mm-hmm. I didn't hear him sing it yeah. on the album. So I'm really curious yes. to hear back. So I'm like, it's, it's, already like, so low. it's very low. Like, especially, it was so funny because, like, well, listening to um, this guy on Saturday, he obviously, yeah, you're right, like mm-hmm. very low. Already. And then, but it was funny because when I saw Patrick Page on Broadway, like the cast album, obviously. He sing. I mean, you sing as you say. Like you sing, right. it's low. But hearing it live, I was like, "Holy crap!" And you can tell, like <laughs> the collective, stage, yeah, like yeah. the whole audience. And you know, most people there have probably listened to the cast album, mm-hmm. like they know his voice. But like that first note he sings in "Hey Little Songbird," it was so low. You could, it was like the mutual understanding of the audience being like, "Ooh, that's so low!" <laughs> like, but it was, it's so good. But you'll have to listen to it because I swear, I'm like, it was. 
I don't know. Lower. He had to have like sang an octave lower too. Like it's so low. Like, and I don't think the man on Saturday sang <laughs> that low. Maybe he couldn't get down there. I don't there. know. But, um, that day, but, but it was still really brilliant. I really liked how all the. I don't know. I think everyone um, in the national tour. I really enjoy seeing shows twice with different casts to see how like mm-hmm. other actors and actresses like interpret yeah, the songs characters. and their characters and stuff. So that was really cool seeing just like a different perspective because like even though it's the quote unquote same show, they just interpret oh. different things differently. Yeah, and like in the end, you probably get a totally different experience. Yeah, it might be the same show, but a different experience. Yeah, sure. completely. So that was really cool. So I never turned down seeing the show twice or three times. I saw Les Miserables. Like, I think I saw Les Miserables. I think I only saw it twice, but You're still, I that's yeah, a little special. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Les Mis. But um, I've seen Phantom a few times. Like yeah, so I just. I, I always, I never turn down some show more than once, I think it's fun. I know, and I would definitely see this one again. Mm-hmm. I just, my impression, I don't know. I walked in and I was already like cracking up at how like fancy the place seems. The chandeliers. Like, there's just so many things to unpack. And I think for the first half of the play, I was just trying to like grasp the storm what was going on because yeah. there was so much. I should have like done a little bit of research beforehand, but I wanted every, everything to be like fresh and new. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you get into the story, I'm like, there's so many deep nuances, yes. and it's amazing how in the span of like what three hours, I don't know how long it was, like that, that you still have character development. Mm-hmm. You laugh, you actually bawling my eyes out, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I didn't expect to be doing this. Um, but and then listening back to the cast recording, I'm already kind of like, oh, I like what I. I heard more. They're both fantastic, yeah. but I'm just like, I'm well, so connected live, to like, the live version, yeah. how the characters interpreted it. And like, even the spacing between a character singing something and then Hades interjecting and being like, mm-hmm. oh, the song's about me. Mm-hmm. And it was completely different. I'm yeah. like, oh. And the thing is, I realized that what was missing in the, the cast recording, not missing, but like, what I got live is that the audience was like cracking up a certain yeah. line. And they leave a little bit more space because it's live and the musicians have to kind of go off what the audience is giving right. them and, and the characters too like when Hermes is cracking jokes at the beginning like I'm sure all that's completely different yeah. imagine with a dry crowd I would like want to quit yeah but- <laughs> well it was interesting seeing like audience reactions for and not that I remember all those details when I mm-hmm. saw it like two years ago but the audience reactions with um New York versus Kennedy Center but it's funny because Obviously, right now, because we're still in COVID, the Kennedy Center wasn't... Uh, usually, they have, like, drinks you can buy. They have a bar in the mm-hmm. back that you can get drinks from. But when I went before COVID in New York, that stuff was all open. Right. So people were getting, um, like, champagne or wine mm-hmm. or a beer or whatever. And it was really funny because at the part where... Um, also, any spoilers, sorry. But um, <laughs> at the part where... Um, you raise uh, you raise a glass. glass everyone they raised to the audience and everyone was able to raise it back which was really cool so right. it was very like breaking the fourth wall kind of mm-hmm. thing um and it was just like you saw like the whole audience like raise their glass to the people on stage as they raised the glass to us and it was really very interactive whereas like obviously at the Center, we couldn't do that because we didn't have anything in our hands but yeah. um but that was cool because i think i was drinking like champagne or something and i was like i'm part of this <laughs> so that was really cool but um but yeah they definitely break the fourth wall in other ways too but it was just really cool to see the audience interaction that way Mm -hmm. um because a lot of musicals don't do that um they keep that fourth wall very solid but Hadestown 
even at the beginning when Hermes first oh, yeah, walks he's out, talking to the audience. he's talking to the audience because he the whole thing of Hagetown is he is telling a story, mm-hmm. and he's kind of saying like throughout the whole thing, all the characters are like, and this is what happened next. Not that they say that explicitly, but that's the attitude. Right. So though they're acting it out, the they're they're you're there to hear their story, which is really cool too because like you don't get that with like. Other plays, other where plays. Just, it's just like it's happening in real time. Whereas this is more like, hey, this is a tale. Well, if that's the first song, mm-hmm. this, this is a tale from long ago. We're gonna tell it to you. So like, the whole concept to me is like really, really cool. Yeah, I always get that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, again, I can't speak from personal experience, but I would, I would, it would appear to be so because I would say that the intro and even how they ended it, mm-hmm. it's very kind of not a singular occurrence like event right they set it up in a way where like okay i can watch it again yeah and you're always hoping yeah for something and i think that's really a unique take on it that it's not just like okay start finish that's it that's yeah. all you have it's kind of and we were even talking in the car afterwards like how the story would continue or could be yeah. different or at, you know it was funny because my dad he was like oh so, my god i wanted it to end differently and blah blah, blah. and i was like well maybe i was like because the last <laughs> last song is about like this is how it ends, but we're going to sing it again, hoping that it might end differently. Mm-hmm. And I was like, maybe if you go back and see it every single time, one Some, time it might end differently. differently. But it, and you know what, and that's so interesting too, because like, you know, it won't Mm-mm. for two reasons. One, because they're already telling a story that already happens. Right. Right. Quote unquote. And two, on a technical level, it's a musical that's written. So yeah. it's not going to change. Right. But you just, you know, you hope that like, Maybe it will. Maybe though. for some, like, maybe Orpheus will be like, ah, yeah, maybe no, Orpheus won't turn around <laughs> and we're gonna spoilers and uh, and see Eurydice and she gets sent back to town for all eternity. But um, but yeah, you hope that that doesn't happen. But at the same time, you're like, I know it does. <laughs> but just keeping that hope alive, I think, is the point. And like, um, kind of connects back to something that when I first listened to the cast album, it gave mm-hmm. me like chills. And they do make a very explicit point, I think, of pausing um, when. Uh, Orpheus says it when they're when Persephone comes back up and she's and they're singing um, living up living up on top and they're like okay Orpheus you know you do the toast and so he says something blah 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 and then he says um, to the world we dream about and the world we live in now right and I was like yes like because you know there's that hope alive still but you're still looking forward to what could be but you know that the world we live in now is not that and mm-hmm. so that's also, I think, a really strong, like, narrative point throughout the whole musical. It's mm-hmm. just like, you know, we're hoping for a better day, but for right now, we live here. So, what you got. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. So, so good. It's really good. So good. <laughs> like, your dad being this, I was also equally disappointed. And I was really surprised that, in a way, I mean, I love Orpheus mm-hmm. and Richie, like, stand yeah. them forever. Um, but I really grew to enjoy the character of Hades. I really like and, Hades <laughs> and I think that the epic, like Orpheus talking about Hades and his past is what makes you fall in love with Hades. Yeah, just so what makes funny. him so sympathetic. You're like, oh, he's, he's just, he's trying so hard <laughs> right. to be a good, like a lover, a good boss, a good whatever. And pro- provider yeah. and all those things. And I, and I also thought that was such an interesting narrative between when you compare the two couples mm-hmm. and at the end of the day like that either of them win i mean i guess you could argue that hades and persephone are now on good terms and mm-hmm. persephone is able to bring fall and spring back so mm-hmm. it's not just like 
scorching heat and she leaves all of a sudden and now it's like winter um i you know i guess that's a good thing that came out of it but in terms of like orpheus and eurydice it's kind of like well eurydice and they even said like you know orpheus wherever he is now i hope he's doing okay like (laughs) you know so (laughs) it's like like, once that happens then he turns around and then he just walks off the stage and Mm -hmm. i was really in my mind i'm like oh wait because the worst part too i know i know you were like okay so act three come on in like we're i really was expecting the whole thing and and it ends very abruptly and I was just yeah. like, and then they're like, okay, well, here we go. Yeah, and Hermes is like, all right. And I'm like, uh, wait, false. That's it. <laughs> that can't be. Yeah. It was just so sudden, and you're so invested in the story, mm-hmm. and you really think, and we even talked about this, like, afterwards, like, Orpheus is a character that is just so positive and will believe in the, yeah. the power of love and And, and he gets trust. screwed over. So what does that tell? Yeah, like, it's like what do you? But, but but what is that like? It's just it begs so many questions, of like you know, what do you get when you're hopeful? What do you get mm-hmm. out of being hopeful for like a new tomorrow or like I don't know? It's just and I think and I and I I like that because kind of cynical, but a little cynical. <laughs> but I think because I think we're, as humans we're really invested in a in a love story that like they end up together. Mm-hmm. Um, because the like the power of love or positivity mm-hmm. prevails over all, and like with Orpheus, you completely believe that narrative from the beginning that like oh at the end he's gonna be so trusting of Eurydice mm-hmm. and their love and he's gonna make it. That is almost like a just it's such a shock because you're like yeah. what does this even mean like what's the yeah point of the story and then you realize oh well maybe. That that isn't so yeah that's that just kind of so. like okay well and that's I think kind of going back to like the whole circular kind of narrative that they do is that like yeah well he looked back and he, he didn't trust Eurydice and so Orpheus looked and he turned around and looked at her and she has to go back to Hades town forever but you know maybe if we sing the song again maybe he won't, maybe he won't look <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe they will make it out both of them or whatever. and that was I think like visually one of the most impressive Parts of the play when he's trying to make his way back from mm-hmm. Hades Town because it's like pitch black, and then well we said that, and also when they have I don't know if they were like chandeliers or like, oh, like and big, they're throwing them, yeah. and I'd be like, yeah, we gotta be knocked out that <laughs> like so times. fast. I don't know if like whatever they have them hanging yeah. off of is helping where they're going. Because yeah. I'm like, and you can watch what we're talking about. It, they did perform not this cast, but the Broadway cast performed it at the um, Tonys in 2019. I think so it which is on youtube and it's mm. so they perform as so you can see what we're talking about when right. they have like the, and they do a kind of a modified version because it's the chinese and they only have so much time but um but the song is um wait for me and they performed that yes in 2019 but um but yeah they, they swing these like huge lamp things and it's so much coordination so much Imagine. Plus, with the stage turning like the, they <sighs> have two circles and one circle turns one way and the other circle turns the other one the other way and so I just would have like fallen six hundred times. <laughs> the but, thing is, you know, I would have fallen, but not before I knocked somebody else out. You would, I would, like, yeah, we would have taken dude. down right, somebody people, else, another dancer. Boom! Yeah, Orpheus is down. <laughs> so he got knocked out. But that was really impressive to me. Just the coordination. Yes, hundred percent. Because it's also pitch black and there's smoke. Yeah, and I'm like smoke you're on the ground, and you're singing, and you're trying to dance, and you're trying to stay on beat, and you're trying to do like you're blocking correctly and like blocking on the stage of where you're supposed to be when uh, yeah I would have astounding just... and then the it was just so impressive because I feel like a lot of times 
in these plays, you rely a lot on the set to get you mm -hmm. in the right mindset and like with the characters. But here's like, again, it's mostly black. You have a little light on Orpheus and he's like trying to walk on the little ring that's moving on stage. And you have like the muses. I, okay. The muses were awesome. The muses, <laughs> like their harmonies. That's like everybody's and, favorite. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I, I'll be the typical person. Because also the no, song I love the most. Um, in Act One, when the when the what's it? When, when the are chips down? are when down. the chips are down. Also, my favorite. Song, yeah, that was good. Other than the epics. Um, but yeah, like just watching that, and I'm like, wow, there really isn't. You're not seeing all the buildings mm -mm. or the band. You're literally seeing Orpheus walking like a pit of darkness. But I'm like, this is so impressive. Which is like, well, it's beautiful too. Like, just like the smoke and the dark. That's one of my favorite. Like, throughout the show, you have really, really bright lights. Mm -hmm. and you have different colors. A bunch of colors. The stage moves and blah, blah, blah. But this, yeah, it's just, and, and of course, the band is on stage. So you see mm -hmm. everybody playing and blah, blah, blah. But like, yeah, when he's coming back from Town, just trusting that Eurydice is following but not really knowing, then, I mean, it's just like, it creates this feeling of loneliness so well. And like, the only thing that, um, is playing when he's first starting the song doubt comes in when he's walking by himself mm -hmm. is the kick drum that we talked right. about who isn't even on stage he's not even on the stage or he's behind somebody mm -hmm. else or something so you don't even see him mm -hmm. playing like or her and so and the kick drum is just like keeping this really steady beat almost like a heartbeat mm -hmm. and it's just like kind of like gray and black and foggy and and um orpheus is walking by himself and in previous songs he sings like his song that he's working on to bring the world right. back into tune and people respond or people echo it but in this he sings it and no one responds right and so it just creates like this whole feeling of just like loneliness and mm -hmm. dread that he's singing and no one's echoing it and because when he that's how we got into Hades Town in the first place he sings and the walls echoed well, it and opened <clears throat> for him right so he could get in but now the walls aren't responding he's really alone it's just so like it's, on a narrative level, it's so brilliant. Yes. But it is very... And the downward spiral, like, it's just... Yeah. Just, it, it, and that's what he's saying, like, this doubt that comes in. And right. the muses obviously aren't helping. The only other people say are the muses. Yes. And they're um, like, ah, that's coming in. Yeah. It's, isn't it Orpheus? And so he's by himself, and he's just, you know, thinking about it, mulling over it, just being like, this is a trap. She's not behind me, mm. blah, blah, blah. And the whole time, he's kind of alone in the first part of the song, but then later, you know, Eurydice is singing to him, but he can't hear her she's too far behind him or whatever right. and so she's singing like i'm i'm right here right, i'm not with leaving. you but I'm with you but it's too late and he turns around before she can get out but yeah that whole that was like one of i think visually that's my favorite um that's probably my favorite like point in the musical because it just visually is so beautiful mm -hmm. and so like it makes you like your heart being like oh my god like is he gonna make it yeah. you know he you know he doesn't but they're like he makes it but you're in a yeah, your dad definitely yeah um, not everyone, everyone, everyone who doesn't isn't familiar with the play is like all right she's gonna make it out and i'm just I like i really thought she does <laughs> and but, i was like wait what and your yeah. mom did i heard your mom ah he turned back didn't he <laughs> and i was like yes uh, my mom's like ah dang it <laughs> but and i also something that i really enjoyed about the whole experience is that everyone picked up on different things. Mm -hmm. So like your dad was picking up a lot on color and so did you. And then I was trying to explain to Gabby, I'm like, this makes no sense. <laughs> I was like, the, uh, Orpheus, he sings, God bless this man's vocal cords, but he's like all the way up there in the sky, yeah. like falsetto, so pretty, such a clean tone, mm -hmm. so airy and light. And it's for the epic about Hades, which is all the way down in like hell. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like the musical, Opposite, 
opposite yeah. of what you're actually singing about, mm -hmm. which was so interesting to me, along with how they used color. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you can probably pick up on so much. I'm like, whoever thought about this didn't miss a single thing. Yeah. Like, it was all done so intentionally. And, yeah, I just love the epics. Yeah. The epics are beautiful. And the fact that this electric guitar. Yeah, it was and I was cool. just like, I yeah. didn't. I was like, wait, is he actually gonna do this? Yeah, is this gonna play? Is this that's some, his. That's his quote unquote liar. It is just. This I was cracking up because it, it was so pretty, and the fact that it was just like good music is like two chords and like him singing all so the way up in the clouds. When I first heard, because um, I listened to the cast album before I went to go see the musical, mm -hmm. I started listening to the cast album. I think as soon as it came out, I don't know why. I was just like, oh, a new musical's coming out. And it'll release the cast album. I'll listen to it. And I listened to, you know, all of it all the way through because that's, like, I don't just pick songs that sound or the titles. Right. I'm saying, like, I want to listen to the whole experience. story. Yeah. And so I think it was Epic. Epic 3, when it's... I first heard it, I definitely bought I was like, I don't even know what's going on because I didn't have the visual. <laughs> right. like, I didn't have the visual You're or anything. Like... But I was just like, this is so, like, beautiful in the story mm -hmm. and everything and how Orpheus is singing to Hades. Like, you know, this is you. This is about you yeah. kind of thing. And um, and obviously, like, on the cast, I'm like, Carney's voice is, like, perfection. It's so mm -hmm. beautiful. And and once again, I'm not familiar with the national touring cast, but the um, man who plays Orpheus in the national tour right now mm -hmm. His voice is equally as yeah, he did phenomenal. gorgeous, like so good. And, um, but yeah, that like high singing is just so pretty. And then the story itself. But yeah, I, the, I don't know about all the people who were in charge of like, because you know, I have people behind the scenes, obviously right. we know about like production and who mm -hmm. chose the lighting and who chose this. But the woman who wrote the musical, I believe I might pronounce her name wrong, but her name is Anais. I believe Mitchell, Anais Mitchell, if I'm pronouncing Anais wrong, sorry. But um, but she wrote Hades Town and all the music and all the lyrics for it. And uh and it's just so crazy that I'm like every time I watch an interview with her or or whatever, or she's she's saying a few of these songs before. Um, but every time I just it's just so interesting to be like this this Your woman this little like woman just wrote just wrote this musical and was just like, Yeah, I just I wrote Hades Town. Like how can you say that? Like so casually you're just being like, I'm gonna sing a song from Hades Town now, oh, which I wrote. Like and she's just like this woman. She's had she's had a baby a few months ago. Like she's just a normal chick, and I'm just like, dude, like I, you're you're a genius. <laughs> like all these lyrics, all the like, you know, I'm sure it took her years to do. Yeah, but still like this. But wild. just like true, true art. Mm -hmm. Like there's not one part where I'm like, yeah, this could have been better. Didn't affect it. like no, just excellence everywhere. Like i love that music and yeah. you're right i love I, and i think it had so much energy mm -hmm. like the, the the set and the dancing mm -hmm. which again i don't know crap about gabby mm -hmm. can attest more to that but i absolutely love just like the the amount of energy even yeah. for example like the wedding song I love like the wedding song, song is yeah. so pretty mm -hmm. and it just was like nothing like what i was expecting for some reason i don't know what I yeah was expecting. i think it, that's what's fun too is that you go in thinking it's going to be one way and then it's either better than you expected or just completely different. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't think there's like any musical that I've ever seen that I was like walked away kind of like, oh, well, when I listened to the cast album, I expected better. Like they're always, they always exceed my expectations, of course. Like, And I think it's but, completely different to how what we think in a musical, well, we talked about um, Disney Cinderella, but in, in general, we think as a movie musical is still completely different than what you get in a theater musical. Like, yeah. 100%. Like, it's just, that's what's so wild. It's like, 
Like the story, you're not, you're going to miss everything if you don't listen to the music. Yeah. Like you're going to get like, so lost in the if sauce. You, yeah. If you just go in completely blind, I can understand how you'd be confused. It might take a minute to like catch on because you have to listen to the lyrics mm-hmm. because that's what's explaining the story. Right. But when you go back and listen to the cast album, you pick up on so, so many different things. Even now, if I go back and listen to the cast album straight through, which I haven't done in a really long time. But if I listen to it straight through, I'm sure I pick up on other stuff in the lyrics or mm. different symbolisms or whatever. Like, I picked up on something the other day that was really interesting. Um, but I, ha- I didn't listen to the cast album all the way through, but I have I have a Broadway playlist on Spotify. And so I picked out, you know, my favorite songs from all the musicals I have listened to, and I just put them on there. But I, it, I think it's an uh, epic one, or maybe before epic one. I don't remember what song it is. But it was on my playlist, and I was just listening to it. And it was interesting to hear because... And it's just little things like this that make a difference that Hermes is talking about Orpheus. He's introducing Orpheus and he's saying like, um, I think underneath my wing, his mother was a friend of mine, blah, blah, blah. And that's why he's quote unquote looking out for Orpheus or whatever. Right. Um, and then at the end of the musical, I think in kind of like the reprise of when Orpheus looks back and turned around and Hermes kind of closes up the uh, story, he says, instead of saying like, his mother was a friend of mine. He says, I learned that from a friend of mine. And he's talking about Orpheus. So it kind of goes from like him being like, oh, this kid I look after to he was a really good friend. And he mm-hmm. taught us to be able to look at the world a different way. And I learned that from him. And I was just like, I didn't realize that before, that he like kind of s- changes the, the way he references. Yeah, the way he references okay. Orpheus. And so I was just like, oh, that's really good. Like, and once again, I listened to this musical several times but i didn't pick up on that because you're just like so shook at what's happening that you just for some reason you just miss things and then you listen to a song again and you're like oh i really like that or whatever but um everything's just so detailed like and everything connects to everything else and like nothing no lyric is like like, everything is so intentional and that's what also makes it really fun to listen to and fun to watch. Right, it just have... gives it re-listenability. Yeah. If that's even a word. Like, you don't even get the gist in the first time listening to it. Like, like I said, Let at, me listen at to that one, again. I was like, okay, all I could say after act one is like, when the chips are down. Oh, yeah, I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. And then act two, it kind of like slows down and you're really in the, the struggle. Mm-hmm. Like you're approaching the, the binnacle where yeah. it's going to fall apart. Um and then you start just reviewing things more and more, mm-hmm. and then listening to the album afterwards, you're just like, oh, I remember what character said what, and when this was happening, and I'm like, I get it's so much more. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was like, yeah, it's just so good. Like, I never get tired. That's one musical that is always, like, fresh. Like, some musicals, you're like, oh, I've heard this song 3,000 times. Right. Um, but that one's always, like... Well, no, because I think, and, and I think... That's a really good point because, like I said, with musicals, you think the songs are well, they're not traditional like verse, chorus, and you have right. repeated sections. Yeah. But I think this one in particular is a phenomenal job at storytelling. Mm-hmm. Like, even if he repeats a certain you know group or a chorus, mm-hmm. even though we don't really call it that, it still sounds different. We still take the melody a little bit differently in this take of mm-hmm. the line, or this other person joins in. Like, there mm-hmm. nothing sounds exactly the same yeah. the next time you hear it there's another something taken away something added um and it seems very lived in like yeah. in a genuine way yeah. i feel like sometimes to a musical i'm like oh it seems really forced right. but here it seems a little bit more nuanced and natural with how the characters like interact with each other or mm-hmm. speak something in between lines and it just seems like 
it's a, and we talked about this also at Mason for certain performances, like you're never going to get that specific performance again. Right. Yeah. It's just like a singular moment in time. Which I think speaks to like the looseness also of like mm. this musical is, you know, and I think that's also represented in the dancing. It's choreographed, obviously, right. but the choreography is made to look like it's not choreographed. It's just right. made to look like everyone's having a good time and everyone's, yes. you know, kind of doing their own thing. But it is very planned out, I'm sure, behind the scenes. But, you know, they don't want to make it look like that. They mm-hmm. don't want to make it look like planned out. They want to make it look like everyone's kind of doing something different, but it's right. still cohesive and it's kind of like free and blah, right. blah, blah. And it's kind of just throwing your body around as opposed to being very deliberate with every single mm. movement. So I think the story does the same thing. And because, obviously, when we go see a musical, we know there's going to be a story. But because Town is so explicit in that it is a story, like right. the musical tells you it's a story that they're telling you um, in real time. And it's not, the story that they're telling isn't, quote unquote, happening in real time. It's like, oh, this happened a really we're long time ago it. and we're going to retell it to you now. Yeah. I think that also speaks to, like, there's no possible way that the songs and lyrics could be so structured. Because every time you tell a story, it's slightly different. Like, yeah. especially with, like, this is coming from a, a, you know, Greek background, Greek mythology, mm-hmm. uh, the story of Orpheus and Eurydice, which is obviously different than what Town is, but same characters, you know, um, same concept of Eurydice having, she went to hell, but anyway, Orpheus different tries to get Orpheus tried to get back, she, he can't. Um, so same thing, but like, it's just interesting how, like, there's no possible way that you could make it such a structured narrative still get the same feeling and emotion from it because it's no. it's not based off of a structured narrative it's based off of greek mythology which is never structured because one book might say this happened in a myth and another book might say yeah that was kind of like that but not really it's slightly different like so i just think yeah it's just i think i don't know the people who produced this whole musical really took it at least it seems like they really took that into account yeah, and I would say so, because like I said, I thought a lot of things when I heard musical, and I knew the musical would be good, mm-hmm. but just the way it went about being a musical was also really unique, I would say. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right that them saying it's a retelling of a story gives you that freedom. Even yeah. in the instrumentation yeah. and how the characters interact with one another, it's almost like, oh, they're just kind of like, this little show on yeah even though you know it, it in the sense of like just how they're going about it um like we got these produced. people together who know what happened in the story and we're going to tell it to you now and they're doing a the good job yeah off the cuff yeah, yeah. yeah off of that that's mm-hmm. what it is and it's just it makes it so engaging yeah. i would think and just especially since like even they they even make it like that in the first the very first like four seconds of the musical because usually with music not usually but with a lot of musicals it'll you know they'll dim the lights and bring the lights Mm -hmm. down and then everyone kind of like is quiet and the audience like oh the show is starting and you wait for the curtain these people they didn't really lower the lights they just kind of walked onto the stage and everyone was like oh are they starting what's happening like so all the characters just come in and sit down we see i wouldn't know that yeah but even just as the first time there i'm like oh it's starting it's starting gabby oh Um, my gosh (laughs) <laughs> we might get like, really <laughs> but um just sitting there yeah. and having Hermes go out and like talking and I'm like is this like a pre-show thing so it's almost kind of like almost kind of like you know just um in the same vein of someone 
it just reminds me of like old timey times of like we're all sitting around the campfire. Hey, did I ever tell you the story of Orpheus and Eurydice? Right. Well, let me tell it to you. Like, just like very if someone abrupt. We're gonna read a story. Yeah, to you. it's like the characters or the people saw that they had an audience. Oh crap! Let's go tell them this really cool story. Like it's just very informal, and I just really love how mm-hmm. that that all yeah occurred. But um, yeah, so good. It would. Phenomenal. I have to go to every single one now. Now you have to go to every musical. I'm like totally <laughs> into it. I'm a believer. Um, I will say that if you ever go to the theater with me, no disrespect will be shown because at the end of the show, you're clapping and the band is still playing and yes. half the people are leaving. That's and I was very like, annoying. Who are you? What? What? Why? Like, we're in the middle of giving this standing ovation and these people are like, but I have to go to the bathroom. I'm like, you can wait for three more seconds. Dude. And like, I'm like, I knew it was a matinee, but I'm like, you have all the time in the world. Yeah. Like, appreciate that mm-hmm. these people such a magnificent job i'm just like i don't understand that because like i'm not leaving until they start to walk off stage (laughs) like i'm gonna continue to clap but Um, so good like persephone is such a fun character like i think that there's gonna be one character in the show you're bound to relate to whether it's hades perspectives you know you know the hades in your life you know the orpheus (laughs) yeah you're like like, yeah that's or you know the eurydice and i told even again like her voice i thought each of the voices were so unique and such an integral part of their character. Like Eurydice, she has such a piercing, mm-hmm. clear tone that represents her character so well. Mm-hmm. Like when she's talking to Orpheus, mm-hmm. or just how she's talking about how she sees the world and how it's a cruel, hard place, mm-hmm. and she had this perspective, and the way the tone of her voice just represented that. Yeah. Orpheus, you could tell he was like in dreamland, or yeah. he's just like, this is how I see the world, and Hades, surprisingly cracks you up and he has such a low voice but he tries to crack these jokes here and there and persephone i'm just like my favorite character changes every day i'm just like persephone's just a fun um alcoholic (laughs) just like living it up yeah and so carefree and i'm just like Mm -hmm. it's it's just the characters are so likable they're not perfect no they're they're human but you can relate to some aspect of each of them i think that's what's also fun i I um, have a really, really soft spot in any book, TV show, movie, play, musical for morally gray characters. So I really, really love. <laughs> she likes the bad guys. I, not even that. Just like, like that, that. Just kind of like, uh, like mm-hmm. I just really enjoy dissecting morally gray characters. There's, you know, there's the good. You know, you like having your righteous or your completely evil people but like right. i just really like those people in between who aren't really sure about what's happening mm-hmm. but um because sometimes even like the righteous characters can be really boring like yeah, in like it, in les miserables not to bring back the les miserables but like the right, most buddy. like the pinnacle character in the story is the is cosette but she's kind of the most boring her she only she doesn't have a personality her sole purpose is to be the redeeming factor for the main character so it's just kind of like she doesn't have much substance right so i really like those characters like Hades, you might think he's the villain at first and he's completely wrong evil, but then you kind of start to listen to him or you think you start to listen to Orpheus's tale about mm-hmm. him and you're like, huh, like he's kind of sympathetic. Like, And how you got to be yeah. there, mm-hmm. like you know, young versus old and understanding their perspective. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I think that was so interesting that you really at the beginning don't get to know Hades through Hades. You get to know Hades through Orpheus. Yeah, and not yeah. even through yeah. Hades right now. You get that more in Act 2. But, like, your introduction is, like, a young Hades. Mm-hmm. And when you hear him, hear Orpheus talk about him, you're like, oh, I think he's going to be like this. And then this man comes out the cut. He's yeah. like, 
Yeah. Talking to you, Richie. Yeah. yeah. On, on behind closed doors, and your dad was cracking me up at that scene. He was like, oh, mm-mm-mm. <laughs> you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Yeah. Um, and it was just. It's just really interesting how, yeah, you don't really meet Hades until, like, the very end of Act 1. And the whole time you hear about him from, like you said, from Orpheus. You hear about him from Persephone. You hear about him from Hermes. Eurydice doesn't really, whatever, she doesn't really know. But um, but <laughs> she gets to know. She gets to know him. But Eurydice doesn't really experience him until, you know, the end of Act 1. But, yes, but you don't really meet him until, um, until the end of Act 1. And actually get like a feel for him mm. but um but that's really interesting i just really love like the whole narrative and like there's so many similarities between it and um i don't know just like our world in general which obviously is on purpose um but but yeah i just really i also really love there was one point there was one song that uses saying after eurydice um makes your deal with hades but i don't remember what song it is but they go down and it's kind of like that the muses are once again breaking like the fourth wall and like talking to the crowd and just kind of saying like you can judge all you want for her decision to leave Orpheus and go with Hades but you know wouldn't you do the same thing if you were in her position oh yeah and so it was very interesting that the because you know it's so funny that like that because you know the audience or the muses quote unquote know that the audience is like why'd she do that and the muses address like, okay, yeah, you can judge all you want, but when you're hungry, no amount of love is going to help or no amount yeah. of whatever is going to help or well wishes. Like, Which I'm just like, eat. this is a like, real yeah. characteristic. Yeah. And the fact that they called it out and I'm like, no, 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 I'm like with you, Richie, don't yeah, worry. Don't yeah. worry, Muses. Like, I'm following along with her thought process mm-hmm. here. And I just think, again, such a completely different take on, like, bringing reality and real problems. Like I said, mm-hmm. it's not like your typical love story no, it's not. she's kind of like okay well i've been waiting for you and mm-hmm. you're like writing the song for yeah <laughs> months and, and months and months like, and months that's, and that's, that's not gonna, happen that's not that's gonna, gonna anything yeah it's not gonna like hungry. fill my bo- belly yeah. at the end of the day yeah and i think that's really um i don't know i just thought i was it's such, it's such a like simple concept but when you actually think about it it's like really um relevant to i think our world now and mm-hmm. um i don't know i just i really like it and i also think it's one of, once again, I'm not trying to bring Les Mis into every single thing. It's okay. But it's okay. if you know Les Mis, we there have a space are, for this here. We have a, this is a space, okay? This is an episode about musicals. So I get to talk about Les Miserables. I'll never bring it up again, I promise. Um, but it is very similar to Les Miserables in the sense of both the book and the musical because the way Victor Hugo, who wrote the book, like he saw his whole argument with writing Les Miserables was to kind of um, prove that um, poverty breeds sin or poverty is a factor in um why people make really poor decisions or really bad decisions or decisions that affect other people or whatever um and so in the same vein it's kind of how Town, Eurydice she makes choices that aren't super great but she's hungry like right. so it's kind of the same the same very parallel to each other is that you know a lot of times social issues it's like well we have these issues because of poverty or we have these like yeah dude i wasn't gonna go sell my soul to hades but i'm really hungry right now and i don't have any i don't want to survive yeah Yeah, this is where we're at yeah and like in les miserables jean valjean is like yeah dude i just spent well i think it's like 20 years in prison 
for stealing bread, but I stole it because I was hungry and I was trying to take care of my sister and her kids. Like, so am I really? The, I, am I really the bad guy yeah, here? You know. And so I think speaks towards society. Yeah, it's just very team. parallel in how they deal with issues, and it's really funny that Les Miserables was written in 1860s and Hades Town was written in, you know, and here we are the same, same place. But it's very, it's just it's so the, similar. Like, similar you know, Fontaine turns to prostitution because she's trying to feed her kid. You know, and then and you're gonna see it's like selling her soul to Hades because she's trying to feed herself. <laughs> or feed it. Different so, levels, but this, this like, like it's the same it's thing. This, it's just so interesting how parallel it is. And mm. um, but anyway, all that to say. Well, I think the lesson here is that the arts never pay. Orpheus couldn't provide. <laughs> she so, did not uh, go being a musician doesn't pay. Writing right doesn't doesn't pay. Yeah. Uh, so as a lesson to me and Gabby, obviously we might be poor. Um, that's okay, yeah. I guess. Uh, and you we know, might, what? we might steal some bread. And that's really funny because Hades okay. even like says that and he does, and that's why that's what I'm saying. When I was like realizing, because I had to catch up on what's so slow, but <laughs> I was like, wait, Hades is like, I provide for you, Persephone. Yeah. What do you mean about our love? He's like, have you ever wanted for anything? Mm-hmm. I do all these things and have these like people mm-hmm. that have like sold their souls to me, but yeah, you're not hungry. Yeah, that's real love. And he tells Eurydice when he's trying to get her to like make a deal with him. He's like. Um, oh, like, yeah, that poet, um, mm-hmm. when you're hungry, he gives you, what, Sweet a, words. a poem to, to eat? To like, fill your belly? And I'm just like, you know what, I don't need to be called out this way. Um, okay. She really got um, attacked. But um, the arts really got attacked, that which is really funny. It's in, also an area of my arts. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but yes, anyway, fantastic musical. Go listen to the cast album. Just and apparently listen to the lyrics. Listen, you okay, folks, listen to the lyrics. I have, I um, Listen to it, it's... It's a classic, classic. One of the so longest-running Broadway musicals behind Phantom. I think it's the third. And what, yeah, actually, longest. in the Kennedy Center, because they have photos of all the plays. <laughs> yeah, like all the plays. And she's like, I, well, I, we were walking down the stairs, and I was like, that's Les Miserables. I recognize that that scene. And um, But it was definitely like the 1980s. Yes, version, it looked really old. And yeah. I, I, now I want to see Phantom of the Opera, because uh, Gabby, Gabby said that they felt like a chandelier. Oh, Actually, yes, because the chandelier falls. Because um, the, phantom, the phantom, you know, cuts the chandelier. So I, I'm really, like, yeah. Phantom, phantom of the Opera was really brilliant. Completely different to Hades Town. Super structured, super, obviously it's an opera, so operatic and yeah. the singing. A whole different world. Oh, it's a whole completely, di- it's probably completely opposite to Hades Town, but it's still really, really magnificent. Um, the stage is ten times more complicated the costumes are like stepping back in time. Like it's just so, so cool. But yeah, completely opposite to Hades Town, but um, still a really great musical, obviously. Yeah, I'm curious to hear the the difference in music. Cause I was, I, another thing, sorry. Talking about music, I'm like, they have actual pieces, but then like just the scoring, I mm-hmm. forget what scene it was, but it sounded like the violins were going to break their strings and like the world was about to yeah. fall apart. And I'm like, it was completely textural. And I'm like, these musicians probably have like <laughs> so much. Oh, I think that was on, on um, was it on His Kiss the Riot at the very end when Hades is like trying to think of how to let Eurydice oh, Orpheus go? Yes. It's like this like crescendo. Right. And all the strings are going like crazy. Disney, <laughs> like, like the, the yeah. cello and violin is like deep and super like not pretty sounding. Kind of like piercing, screeching. Piercing, screeching. And I was just like, okay, this isn't even a piece. It's just like... Like chaos. Chaos. Like and the musicians are yeah. still able to like emulate that. And I was like, you're getting like 
your cinema, like your your score of yeah. the the film or the play. You're getting the actual pieces, the singing. I'm just like yeah. the the band itself is a character, I would yeah. say, and it. I love it was like strings, so cool. So like all of that, I'm like because well, I know you love the, the violin. Love violin. And the That's also why song. I really like well the wedding song, the violin, and then and the when they sing all I've ever known. And then with the end, with, uh, oh, at the, uh, yeah. the end of, um, like, oh, I don't know, I'm just have a little bit And then, like, they have that moment where, like, Orpheus and Eurydice are, like, dancing together, mm-hmm. and it just has violin. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's just enough to make me tear up. Like, I love <laughs> violin so much. But, um, but yeah. It's just, the, the, the type of instrumentation was so unique. Like, you have drums, you had acoustic. And, and you would think, like, if you just looked at the band, you would be so confused. And you're like, how mm-hmm. does this go together and work? But they do it so well, like it makes sense. Yeah. When I saw like the acoustic there, and then that Orpheus was playing the electric, and you don't see the drummer, yeah. but there's drums, and you have strings, and the piano who's also conducting, and I was just like, what? Well, it's also really cool and that you it have still that. Came right. together. That's a good point. That and have. that's where it cut off. But we were having a lovely discussion. Not that I remember all of it. It just can't be replicated it can't it was for our ears only so, so sorry but, i'm, I'm uh, so sorry everybody i think the point and if we repeat ourselves again i'm sorry but it was that all these different elements whether it was acoustic electric classical strings mm-hmm. um piano drums and it was all a cohesive experience mm-hmm. and if we already talked about phantom phantom of the opera i'm so sorry Sorry, you're gonna hear it again you're gonna hear it again <laughs> but that's a very different world yeah. and very structured space very you know you have Opera singing. Opera singing, and you have just every single instrumentation is exactly where it should be. Mm-hmm. Every single show. Not to say that it's not interpreted differently with different actors and actresses, um, but it's just that with Hades Town, it's a lot. It's still structured, but it comes across as less structured right. like because it's a form. story and it's free form and it's a lot more just relaxed and laid back, oh. I think, with the instrumentation. Um, whereas when you go see Phantom of the Opera or you go see, I don't know, m- most other musicals, I would say, mm. it's it's just a lot more rigid because that's the nature of the story as well, you know, so. Um, and if we said other points after that. We don't remember. We don't remember, <laughs> um, but hopefully you got at least something out of that. We could talk about it forever, yep. but we won't bore you with all that. Mm. And we hope you enjoyed this episode that we didn't, I didn't imagine t- uh, two weeks ago I would be doing it I until know. I tagged along yeah. so it's what an amazing experience you should definitely watch Hades Town um, listen to the album let us know your thoughts mm-hmm. leave a review on iTunes about how amazing we are um, <laughs> you can bother Gabby about sending emails yeah I've tried to keep up with those I've been on my weeks. YouTube game you can see our ugly faces yeah you can watch us if you want um, and we'll be back next week with our usual programming if it's usual, I don't know about that. Hopefully. And we even have a um, binge episode coming up. That's what I had also Because said. we don't talk about TV and movies and enough. I, I need to get on my Squid Game. Yeah. So we can uh, include that in discussion. And if you guys are watching anything, reading anything that you would want to hear our thoughts on, cause, or just for us to read it too, please. Yeah. Um, send it our way. Send it our way and let us know. We will watch it, read it, review it, whether you want us to or not. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And uh, we'll see you next week with better audio, better video, better lives. Um, Hopefully. The wind just, when we have wind here, it knocks out the power. Yep. So we figured it out. <laughs> um, and we'll just go back to our regular <laughs> recording space yes. next week because it's just really good. Um, but yes, thank you for bearing with us with this great production we got going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.